My name is Steel Stanwick, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Monstriver. Snyder with scores. Now it's Brett Pinnell scores. Paul Rabel splits two and scores. Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Kelly, not shy, bounces one home. What a start. Welcome to the Pro Lacrosse Talk podcast. I'm Hutton, he's Adam. Together we have all the latest news from all your favorite professional lacrosse leagues. Happy to have you guys for another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. Today's guest is Chesapeake Bayhawk attackman Steel Stanwick. Steel Stanwick is an eight-year member of the MLL, having played six years with the Machine and currently in his second season with the Bayhawks. Steel comes from one of the most well-known lacrosse families and is a native of Baltimore. Prior to the MLL, Steel attended UVA where he earned a 2011 National Championship and the 2011 Torton Award. Steel, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me on, guys. Excited. Steele, you're one of eight, and you and your siblings all played Division I lacrosse. Uh, this past season was the first time in 20 years there wasn't a Stanwick playing uh, collegiate lacrosse. What has it been like growing up in a household where lacrosse was such a big part of your family? Uh, yeah, man, it was just it, it was a ton of fun growing up. I mean, um, everybody was just so entrenched in the sport, and we, we were all each other's biggest fans, and, you know, uh, it was just such a big part of our life, and I think it brought us, uh, you know, very close together, and, um you know, it's, it's it was pretty. Uh, it was a different spring not having anyone in college lacrosse, uh, but I think it was a little bit less stressful for my parents. So uh, it, it was just a lot of fun. A lot of our our best memories are either you know on a lacrosse field with each other or watching each other in the backyard playing. So uh, it, it was just a lot of fun and super competitive, and um, you know just a lot of great memories. That's awesome. Uh, so kind of going to your UVA days, you had obviously a stellar career for the Cavs. Uh, so tell us kind of a little bit about why you picked UVA kind of initially and what it was like to play under Coach Tom Sarja. Yeah, you know, I um, I had I'd grown up and always, you know, idolized guys like Doug Knight and Connor mm-hmm. Hill and uh, Mike Watson. And, you know, as I got older and then, you know, I, I was a big Ben Rubier and Danny Gladding guy, um, you know, I just loved the way they played and I just always loved uh, the type of attacking that they had. And, um, you know, it was just a uh, – it's Charlottesville is a really special place and you go down there and you just, I just kind of fell in love with it. And I fell in love with the coaches and the players. And, um, you know, I just kind of got that special feeling and I kind of knew it was uh, the second I kind of stepped on campus. I, I kind of sure. knew it was the, the place for me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And you mentioned that, you know, you kind of just felt right being at UVA. Um, you guys really capped off a, a magical run in your junior season in 2011, uh, winning the national championship. Um, and then you, you know, follow that up a, a few weeks later, winning the Touratown Trophy. But tell me what that national championship run was like, and then you know, finally winning the Touratown, which is you know considered the Heisman of lacrosse. You know that that award is is very much a team award, and I think it was a product of us, uh, you know, ha- having a great run there. But it was a very up and down season. You know, we kind of limped into the playoffs there, and uh, you know, it was the ultimate, just kind of like we got hot at the right time and and stayed together and, and we didn't really freak out when things were kind of uh, not going our way. And, you know, we, we lost a couple of our, our uh, good players to injuries and to some suspensions and stuff and here and there. And we just were able to kind of right the ship. And, you know, I credit coach Sargent, coach Van Arsdale and coach Walker a lot, you know, kind of keeping us together. And, um, you know, we had some great leadership from the seniors and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it was just one of those things. We just kind of caught lightning in a bottle and, you know, it was one of my best, you know, probably my favorite memory, uh, is being on the field after we won that national championship uh, uh, in Baltimore. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I was actually at that championship, and I just remember, too, the whole, like you said, the playoff run is you, you guys really weren't favored, um, and you went up against, you know, a pretty solid Maryland team uh, kind of as underdogs. Um, so, you know, it was a great run that you guys were able to put together. I think we're something like we had the most losses 
uh, and still won a championship. If that makes sense. I think we had like five or six losses and still won. I think that's the, the most losses that's, ever to, to win, which is, uh, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but we'll take it. Yeah, I think that's just a testament to you guys' uh, resilience probably, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. But um, so you talked a little bit about Coach Van Arsdale and Coach Stars and kind of, I don't know if they had any uh, kind of input into you becoming a coach now. Now you're assistant with the Hopkins women's program. Uh, can you talk about how that kind of transition was from going to the men's game? Obviously, you're still playing uh, to coaching the women's game. And kind of what was the impetus to move to the coaching side to the women's game? Uh, yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, I think a lot of people who get into coaching had just really great experiences with with like their with their coaches growing up, and mm-hmm. that was the case, that was the case for me. I was just so uh, so impacted by by Coach Sarja and Coach Van Arsdale, um, and really a lot of the coaches along the way. I, I ne- but I didn't necessarily think I was going to get into coaching, but uh, you know I kind of fell into the women's game. Um, you know I, I I didn't like graduate from UVA and think okay I'm going to get into the women's game. I kind of I kind of just thought I'd play and just see what happens. And uh, you know Janine Tucker's a family friend of ours, and she kind of just had reached out to me and. Um, you know, I actually played with Ryan at UVA and now with the Bayhawks, mm-hmm. Ryan Tucker. And so we were good friends with them and she kind of just called me out of the blue and what are you doing and would you want to do this? And, you know, I, I, from a distance would always very interested in the girls game just because I have four sisters that played. Sure. So I, I, I felt I knew it a little bit more, or I guess, you know, a little bit more than the average guy lacrosse player. So I kind of just dove head first into it. Um, I was still playing and doing, doing some camps and under armor and all that stuff. So. I kind of kind of fell into it, and then uh, you know, fast forward five and a half years, I'm still doing it and, and, and love it. And uh, you know, it's a it's a great game, and I think it's going in the right direction. I think the the rule changes that they've made on the girls' side is really sure. uh, helped. Um, you know, it's, it's helped the game, and I think it's going in the right direction. And it's 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 re- you know just a really fu- fun job for me, and I, and I wake up excited to do it every day. And it's a great group of girls, and it's awesome. But I would credit you know Coach Starja and, and Coach Van. I think you know there's you know you have such a strong um, experience with those guys that you, you know, you're kind of impacted to maybe give back and do something, uh, do something like that as well. Yeah, no, that, that's great. And, um, you know, it sounds like it's been going great for you. Do you see, you know, being a head coach someday in your future? You know, uh, I, I do. I, 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 when I got into it, I don't know if I thought I would stay in it long enough to be a head coach, but as I've gone, uh, gotten more into it, you know, I do think I'm, you know, that, that might be in my future, you know, the right situation, right school and all that good stuff. Um, you know, I do think that down, down the line uh, maybe might be a possibility for me. So since you kind of have a foot in, in both the men's and women's game, um, what do you see – how do you see the sport growing kind of in the next two, 10 years, especially since both the men's and women's games will be in the Olympics the next decade? You know, I'm not sure if it's still the fastest growing sport, but I know it was there for a while. Sure. Um, and so, you know, I think it's growing like crazy. Um you know, I, I really, you know, to see it to out west, I feel like the the boys' game is growing really fast. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny on the on the girls. I think it's more of like down south. I feel like the, the lacrosse is really high down there. You know, down in like Georgia and Florida and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I just think all over the sport is just kind of getting uh, it's kind of exploding. And you know, I think I think it's going to keep continue to grow on both sides. Um, uh, and you know, it's really exciting time to be in lacrosse. You know, two professional leagues. You know, you got a couple of West West Coast NLL teams, and yeah, I do think it's a little bit of a tipping point for the sport, but it's I think it's going in the right direction, and we got a lot of people that are really excited about it, and it's uh it's an awesome time. Yeah, no, definitely, it's it's a great time to be a fan of of the game. 
um, and just to see it make such you know big strides, not only at the collegiate level, but the, you know the professional and international level. Um, but let's talk a little bit uh, traditional. You have a traditionally strong head, which I think is unique because not many people go with the traditional stringing. So I, I believe your dad was the one who initially strung your sticks. Um, you just tell me a little bit about playing with that. Uh, I know I remember watching you in college, like the fakes that you could throw with a traditionally strong stick are unlike any other. So what advantages do you have, you know, playing with that type of stringing? Yeah, you know, I, uh, to be honest, it's really all I know. I, I grew up playing with it. Um, and I never, I never switched over to the mesh just cause I, cause I really liked the way, uh, it was playing when I was younger and just kind of kept it going through college. And, um, you know, it pretty much started my, my dad, uh, when my sisters were playing, when they were coming, you know, coming up, he didn't like the way, um, you know, they were strung off the wall, you know, from the factory, you know. So sure. he essentially would just um, restring them, and and that's kind of how we got into it with with the boys. He just kind of was like, all right, well, if I can string the girls, why don't I just string the boys? And you know, at that time, you know, my dad was he never played, but he was watching guys, you know, like club guys like Gary Gade and. Dave Petrima, all those guys, they all, everybody was still kind of using traditional when he was kind of getting into the sport. So mm-hmm. uh, we just kind of kept with it. And, uh, you know, it, it is a unique and, and, you know, I don't think many people played with it, um, but I always liked it. And yeah, I love the way it feels. the ball moves around a ton. I always felt like you could throw great stakes and, you know, people tended to get freak, freak out uh, about the water with it and stuff like that. But, uh, frankly, I, I never experienced anything like that. I, I actually felt when it was wet, it, it played, you know, played just as fine, if not better. Um, so, yeah, it, it's fun. I think it added a little – it made it made us a little bit more unique, I think, um, you know, playing with, with that stick. But, uh, sure. you know, it definitely caught – a little. it got a little bit more attention as the boys kind of came through. And, and I think with that championship run and, and being on TV so much with it, I think – I think more people kind of took notice to it. Um, all the old-timer coaches love it. Every time I even got all the Bayhawk coaches when I walk through, they're like, oh, let me see that thing. And, you know, they, they, they love, they love uh, grabbing a throw with it. And uh, I think it adds a little vintage. Uh, it brings guys back a little bit. That's awesome. I'm sure Coach Cottle loves it. Um, yeah, but- Coach Cottle, Coach Mariano, all those guys, they, they, they love the traditional look. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, so going to the MLL a little bit, you're in your second season with the Bayhawks now after a couple, uh, with the machine. So as, as a Baltimore native, what has it been like, uh, playing so close to home? You know, it was great. I had, I had, uh, I think I had, you know, five or six great years out in Ohio and and I I loved every second of it. Um, and, uh, you know, be getting back to, you know, I took a year off and then getting back to, to Annapolis and being local, um, it's just, it, it's great. You know, you don't have to hop on a flight every weekend and yeah. being able to drive down to a game and have your family and friends there. Um, it's been a dream come true. You know, I, I always kind of, I always kind of saw myself, you know, maybe trying to pivot towards the, to, to being a local guy as I got older and mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened. And um, it's just, a, it's a great franchise. You know, uh, Brendan Kelly, our owner, just, a, just does an amazing job with the team. And then our coaching staff was uh, uh, you know, led by Coach Cotto, it just does an awesome job, and it, it's a great locker room, a young locker room, and uh, it, it's been a it's been a great experience. You know, playing at Navy is, is one of the cooler uh, venues in all of lacrosse, so it, it's just uh, it, it's great for me, it's great for my family, and I'm really excited about it. You know, it's great, and you, you guys are really involved in the community as well. Um, tell me a little bit about you know um, how the BayHawks really impact you know the community of Annapolis and you know the surrounding areas as well the MLL in general, they dig their roots in at their city and, and they do a great job of kind of activating, you know, partnerships with, with local communities and, and uh, businesses. And, 
you know, it's uh, it's great to be a part of. You know, anytime we can help out and get involved in the in the community, we do that. And the Bayhawks, um, you know, being a local guy, I'm around more. I'm able to help out more with stuff like that. And uh, you know, just this year, I've probably done more more of that stuff than I ever have. And um, and, and I love doing it. So it's uh, it's great to be a part of a of an organization that's very um, very determined and very uh, very willing to kind of get involved with our community and, ma- and make it a better place. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so you've recently scored your hundredth point, which is which is uh, an awesome uh, mark, and you're on an attack line currently with another Twartown winner in Lyle Thompson and another kind of Baltimore native in Colin Heacock. You each are pretty unique in your style of how you play. Um, what has it been like to kind of develop chemistry with those two guys? It's been awesome. Um, you know, watching Lyle, I, I, I won't lie, it's, it's pretty incredible uh, on, a, on a daily basis to see the, the stuff that he does on the field. Uh, you know, he's playing at such a high level. I don't know if there's anybody playing better lacrosse than him. He, he's a lot of fun to play with. You know, I'm still still learning the best ways and where to be when he has the ball and, and how to play off him a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's just, the, the attention that he gets from the other defenses is just it's crazy. You know, I've never been a part of a team where where the defense is focused so much on one guy. And, uh, you know, he, he's just a special player. So it's a lot of fun to play with him. He, he's a great guy, um, a, a great teammate. And, you know, my favorite part about his, about his game is probably the way he rides. He's, he's an unbelievable uh, rider. And it's really fun to kind of watch him go go after the opposing team. And uh, and Heacock, you know, we've been playing up in midfield and attack. And he's just uh, – He's just such a big, strong Dodger, and he's such a good teammate. And uh, you know, it's fun. Funny, I actually coached him at Boys Latin for a year okay. uh, when I first got out of uh, college, and coached him for a year to sit. So, so, so to see him kind of go through college and come to the pros, and now we're on the same attack. You know, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun to watch, play with him. And uh, you know, he's a Baltimore guy, so it's uh, it's it, it, it's a lot of fun. So, you know, in general, it's a great locker room. But but I'm very lucky to be a part of a, a of an attack w- with those guys. Yeah, no, that's that's excellent. Um, and I guess going off of that, you know, you guys are you're sitting at third in the standings right now, uh, heading into the second half of the season. Um, where do you see this BayHawks team going? You know, obviously you have your eyes on Denver, and uh, hopefully win a championship. But uh, you know, how have you guys kind of come together uh, and refocus going into the second half? Yeah, you know, I think um, you know, the season's so long. I mean, we're we're halfway point now, pretty much. Um, it's, I I think it's going to be the team that can that can make the most improvements and and you know come together and. Yeah, I think we're still trying to figure out things, uh, you know, wh- who, you know, you know, maybe what our best lineup is, you know, who's goes where and uh, trying to build chemistry. But, um, you know, I think really in all aspects, I think we need to keep improving. And I think other teams are still trying to improve as well. So I think everybody's kind of on the same, same page there. Um, but, you know, I think just stay the course, you know, I think these early season games, I think we're still trying to figure out who we are, but I think we're happy with where we are. Uh, you know, we control, our destiny going forward. We've got a lot of important games kind of coming up. Like I said, it's just, uh, you know, we're in good hands with our coaching staff and our ownership and, you know, they're going to put us in the right spots. We're just going to have to execute, build some chemistry and, and see if we can kind of come together. And, you know, it's all about kind of getting hot at the right time and, and see if we can kind of peak in September there and, and make a push for Denver. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. 
Adidas. All right, so welcome back. Uh, let's go into our five and five. Uh, I'm going to ask you five lacrosse questions, and then Adam will ask you five life questions. Uh, but to start, number one, what are some pregame superstitions or routines you have? Uh, pregame superstitions? You know, I, I I used to have some, and uh, now I, I I really I don't really have any. Um, you know, I I, I usually uh, I usually just try and find a you know a corner and and try and calm myself down a little bit and, and get keep my thoughts to myself. And um, you know, I, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty vanilla with that stuff. I just kind of uh, just go with the flow, and and um, you know, I I do like to just make sure I get on the wall a little bit before every game. But other than that. For the most part, it's just trying to stretch and get ready and get your mind in a good place. No, that's awesome. Um, number two, what is your favorite lacrosse memory? Um, favorite memory uh, would probably have to be um, winning the winning the 2011 championship with uh, at UVA uh, in, in Baltimore uh, at, at Raven Stadium is probably my favorite memory. That's great. Which of your MLL teammates do you find the funniest? Uh, funniest kid on our team is uh, Heacock, Colin Heacock. He's just a he's a big, big, strong goofball. Is he like a one-liner type of guy, or? Yeah, he's he's just a one-liner. He's just like a I can't explain. He's just a yeah, he's a little <laughs> bit of a one-liner. He's just a little bit of a one-liner. He's just like goofy. I can't I can't really explain. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, number four. Who's somebody in the lacrosse community that you admire or look up to? Whether it's a coach, teammate, opponent, or even family member. Uh, I'm going to go with my teammate, Brian Phipps, uh, just for all he does for, uh, Annapolis lacrosse. He's, you know, he's the coach at Spalding. He's yeah. very involved in the community. You know, he's a, got a long history of Phipps visit in Annapolis. Um, you know, he's leading the all-star game, uh, clinic before the game this weekend. Okay. Uh, he kind of does a lot and I'd say, uh, I'd say Brian Phipps. As a goalie, I appreciate the goalie love. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, number five, what is your current lacrosse setup? I know we talked about, you know, the traditionally strong um, head, but, you know, what type of head are you using and what shaft are you using? I've been using the same head for a couple of years now. I don't even know what it is. I think it's an Evo X, an Evo okay. X maybe. Uh, it's like, I don't ask my dad to string that many, and they last long. So I think I got that strung up probably like three years ago, and I'm still using it. I think I have an Evo X on my game stick with like a diamond, like a warrior diamond shaft or something. Uh, I'm not really a gear guy. I don't really know what I'm using half the time. And then I, <laughs> on my backup, I have some type of some type of re, uh, evolution, but it's like a little narrower. I don't know what it is, and um, and I think it's the same type of shaft. Yeah, sorry, that, I'm I'm a little boring with the gears. No, no, you're no, it's not a problem at all. Uh, it's funny too that we we just had a uh, um, Tom Schreiber on last week, and we had, we were going into a bit of a debate too whether it's uh. Some people say Evo and some people say Evo, and obviously it's short for evolution. But um, I've heard like both ways. Um, I I usually say Evo, but it's kind of funny, like just within the lacrosse community here, and like who says what. I don't even know. What did I just say? You said Evo, which Evo, a lot of people Evo. do Makes say. Sense. Yeah, and because it is short for evolution. Um, but oh, I've also heard yeah, Evo just, too. Again, like I don't even pay enough attention to that stuff like, <laughs> uh, to even know what I do. Tommy's pretty low maintenance, like me too. I bet he's he's kind of just like me. He's like, just give me the gear, and I'm gonna go play with it. Yeah, he was the same way. Yeah, plain white socks. Tommy and I used to be uh, roommates out in Ohio, uh, so we were both we were both very low maintenance with that type of stuff. 
Yeah, no, he was awesome. He was funny. He was just telling us how he's like a old school diner guy. Like he'll just go to diners, um, kind of chill out, you know, have some coffee black or whatever. Like really simple guy. Um, but you know, he just loves the game of lacrosse. Yeah, he's a coach's son. He, he's a tough little car kid. Yeah, just a great guy. We'll go into uh, kind of the non-related lacrosse questions. And the first one I always I like to ask is uh, going back to your UVA days. What was your favorite class while you were at Charlottesville? Another tough one, right? Yeah, favorite class at, in, at UVA. Um, so I was a history major. I minored in politics. I took a class. Uh, I mean, I loved all. I, I'm, I'm a history. I like, I'm like a history, a little bit of a nerd. So I, I like all the history <laughs> stuff and the politics stuff I, I was into as well. But I wouldn't say like any one of those was like my favorite. Um, I, we took a class. All the, all the older guys used to tell us to take it. It's called Learn to Groove. It was a bon- It was a bongos class. And uh, so we took a bongo class. It, it wasn't full credit. It was only like two credits. It wasn't a full mm-hmm. three. Uh, but I got to learn how to do like a couple beats. And I took it with a bunch of buddies my senior year in our senior year spring. And uh, our, t- our professor was really cool. And so he taught us a bunch of stuff. So that was probably the most enjoyable, you know, the one class I was a little bit excited to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything, everything else is a little bit more stressful in trying to just get a sure. good grade. Uh, but I would say, yeah, my, our bongos learned to groove class. That's awesome. Um, so kind of on the side, obviously most people know you, uh, from the lacrosse aspect, but when you're not playing lacrosse, well, any activities or hobbies you just mentioned, obviously you really like history, any, anything that you like to do other than lacrosse when you're off the field? I got the golf bug right now. I'm, okay. playing, a lot, I'm playing a lot of golf. Uh, I took it up probably two years ago now and, and I'm still kind of hooked on it. So I try and get out, um, you know, as often as I can, whenever, you know, whenever we're not traveling or recruiting mm-hmm. on the weekends or things like that, but if I can get out, I try and get out with a couple of buddies. And, um, you know, I, I love golf. Um, I love to play ping pong, even though I don't play it as often anymore. But I'm, I'm a, my, like, hidden talent is ping pong. I'm actually a very good ping pong player. I grew up playing with all my brothers in our basement. We would just have battles down in the basement. And, uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's about it. Other than just kind of, like, biking through uh, restaurants in Baltimore uh, with my wife. That's pretty much, pretty much what I do. <laughs> okay. That works. Well, that might kind of lead into the next question, but what what is your favorite thing to do while while you're at home and be more? Yeah, I would I would probably hit on that. We like sure. uh, I live down I live in Canton, which is like okay. a right right in, you know off the uh, neighborhood in downtown Baltimore, and, and yeah. I just love uh, kind of like a nice flow a neighborhood, and we love just kind of biking on the water and uh, you know going to restaurants and kind of hanging out. I'd say that's probably our favorite thing to do okay. uh, in Baltimore. Any any particular? I, I live in Towson, so any particular spots in Canton? Oh yeah, you would know. Um, so we love we love Nacho Mamas. We yep, love going to Nacho Mamas. They actually have one in Towson now. Um, yep. And I frequent that. Yeah, uh, so we love the nachos down on Canton Square, and yep. um, we like going to the Bo Brooks uh, Tiki uh, hut okay. down out there down in Bo, uh, down in uh, Canton. Um, anywhere yep. on the water, there's a couple of cool spots down there. Uh, okay. But I would say our our fan favorite is Nacho Mamas. There you go. And then kind of going off of that, uh, you just talked about you're kind of leading all the questions perfectly, actually. But uh, we, we like we like to ask, what's your favorite meal? And it sounds like you like to dine out, but do you like to dine in, take out or cook at home? Yeah, I love we love eating out. I, my like all time favorite is like ch- uh, chicken parm. I do love I do love a little chicken parm. Okay. Anytime it's on the menu, I usually get it. Um, so I would try to say chicken parm. There you go. And then last one. Um, what's a book on your shelf that you've read recently or, or have been reading right now uh, that you'd recommend to a friend or teammate? 
I have been trying to finish. I can't do it. I just have not been able to. I, like the last two months, uh, Boys in the Boat, and it's a uh, it's a great book on uh, a row team from the University of Washington yep. um, that uh, that goes and, and you know wins gold in the 1936 Olympics, and it's just kind of the backstory and uh, uh, and I'm just kind of getting into it. I'm starting to get hooked. I'm like getting through all the depressing, sad parts and getting to the good stuff, but. Uh, it's, uh, I think UVA actually read it as like their team book this okay. year, and uh, I I had it on my shelf, and um, one of my family friends had mentioned it, so I just was like, all right, if UVA lacrosse is doing this, and some of my friends are saying I got to read this, so I started yeah. uh, started to crack it, but it's it's taken me way way too long to get through it. Um, yeah, once you get through the uh, the the depressing part of no spoilers, but when like the one character's uh, like whole family leaves them. That it's tough. I know. I know. Oh man, I I just I actually uh I did the audio version of it. Um, okay. Yeah. And it it was it it forced me to just listen to it. But it's awesome. Once you get through that part, it, it speeds up pretty quickly. And yeah, it's I a just good got, ending, obviously. Yeah, I just got to. Uh, he's like they're like he they just got picked as like the first the varsity yep. folk crew at Washington. Awesome. So I'm like so I'm starting to get into it. Um. So hopefully I can finish it in the next couple of weeks here. So there you uh, go. Uh, so, yeah. So we'll see. It's awesome. Yeah, I'll have to check that one out. Um, but that that kind of wraps up our five and five. Um, and then, Steele, we just have kind of one more question that we kind of like to ask um, at the end is, what advice do you have for a young player who's looking to play at the collegiate level and eventually maybe the pros? It's easy. They're a cliche just to say, like, keep working or hardworking. Um, you know, I would help somebody who's trying to get really good is just put a, put a lot of, like, purpose into your practice. You know, everybody says, like, practice and and 10,000 hours and all that good stuff. And that's, that is true. Uh, but at a certain point, I think you got to have like purposeful practice behind what you're doing. So, you know, really put some time and thought into like what your, what your position is and what you do mm-hmm. on the field and like what your training and your prep for what you do should kind of like directly correlate uh, into what you're doing on the field. So, you know, trying to break that, that, that down into a, a science or break it down into its smallest form uh, and then just get like really good at that. Um, you know, you just got to kind of fall in love with getting better and, and you see if that passion can make it and, and, you know, and, and just kind of hope for the best. And, you know, that would, that would probably be my advice to someone trying to make it to the next level. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I think I heard, I'm not sure who said this, but you know, the saying is always like practice makes perfect, but someone said that perfect practice makes perfect. You know, you have to be intentional in your practice. And I think that's kind of what you said. So exactly, exactly. Well, Steele, this has been great. Uh, we really appreciate you know you're taking time out of your day. I'm um, looking forward to watching you in the second half of the the season with the Bayhawks. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you again. Oh, good guys, thanks for the call. I will. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll talk again at some point. Sounds great. Thank you, Steele, so much. So that wraps up our interview with Steele Stanwick. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure you guys subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast, and uh, tune in next week for Pro Lacrosse Talk.